on somebody. I'm Caldwell. He's Caleb, and we're back for episode four. And we're in for a real treat today, Caleb. We don't have a huge overview of the episode because there is no overview other than the fact that we have a special guest coming on momentarily after the intro. Uh, thank you guys so much for your support thus far. It's been really exciting. Um, but we're not even going to say the name of the, the, the special guest. We're just excited to have him on. We're going to be doing double dipping and high five. We're getting straight into hot takes and, and top five lists. He's given his top five list, all that stuff. Caleb, a lot's happening. Help us out. What, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? Nervous. <laughs> so let me just, let me just say this. Let me just say this as part of the intro. Caleb and this gentleman have been in a texting format, either group chats or or whatever, for the past year and a half. I've been friends with this brother for a long time. He's one of the dearest brothers in Christ to me. He's a great guy. Caleb and him have never, never met, met until today. Well, we were in the fantasy football league last year and, you know, things went down here and there. <laughs> <laughs> things went down, things, things were finally our chance to talk things out, you know? It has finally come time, a year and a half later, we, we are here, we have arrived. So uh, it's time to talk all things sports from a Christ-centered, Bible-saturated perspective, three brothers in Christ talking, and let's roll. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Caleb and Caldwell, episode four. You've already heard the introduction that Today's episode is a little bit different, and that is because we have a special guest join us. I'll bring him on in a second, uh, but as we said, this has been a year and a half in the making for Caleb and him. Uh, this has been a conversation we've been desiring to have for so long, uh, just as sports fans, and also as another brother in Christ, he's a dear friend of mine, as I said already. Um, so without further ado, let's bring him on right now. Mr. Josh Holcomb, where are you at? Oh my goodness, Hello, he has boys. arrived. He's Hello, arrived on the scene. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the set. Welcome to the Thank podcast. You. Uh, you've been listening to us for a while. You've known both of us for a while. Me more directly than Caleb. Right. Uh, but before you even address any of that, yep. people need to hear from you, hear, hear a little bit of your backstory. Give us, give us a little bit about yourself, Josh. Yeah, so uh, as you said, my name is Josh. I went to Boys with AJ for three years, something like that, about three years. So yep. I've known AJ for probably four years now. And uh, last fall was in a fantasy league with AJ and Caleb. And to uh, put it mildly, it got a little heated. Uh, so we, yeah, so we all know each other from that. And so uh, I, I, because of that, on here with AJ, he asked me to come on the podcast because I have some uh, a really amazing takes on all things sports. And as you can tell, oh, all of my teams are represented. So we've got the Oklahoma Sooners, the Texas Rangers, the New York Yankees, which I don't get Dallas the Cowboys and the San Antonio Spurs, all great teams. So I'm ready to go. The red is clashing so much. I can't, I can't, it I'm blind. Don't, it looks great. Oh my word. So Josh, you, you graduated college what what are you up to really quick like how is life going on right now I mean we're, we've been in the middle of pandemic and stuff before yeah. we get into the most important part of the podcast let us know how you are as, a, as an individual before everything all hell breaks loose yeah. thanks thanks for that I uh no I'm doing well just 
uh, been quarantining with everyone else, uh, <laughs> secluded by myself. And then, uh, yeah, just trying to figure out what's next for me and where, where the Lord's going to take me in terms of ministry and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, we're excited to have Josh on. Like I said, he's a good friend of mine. Hopefully him and Caleb will still be friends after all this, but <laughs> who knows? Uh, it's time to head into our first of only two segments today, but have no worries, everyone. We will have plenty to talk about. Uh, we're going to double dip it is our first segment of the day. Uh, Caleb and I, back in the day, we hit back-to-back -back doubles, and now we're going to give back-to-back -back hot takes, but it's going to be back-to-back-to-back -back hot takes with Josh chiming in on the discussion in hopes that we'll get just as hype as we did back in the day with Caleb and I were teammates. I will take the first dip because I've already told them, and for you guys as viewers, just so you understand, my hot takes are not going to be as fiery as theirs, but I might as well just get it out of the way. I'm already wearing the team that I'm going to be talking about. Um, so Josh is already shaking his head. It's okay. Um, my hot take is the fact that I know who the best pitcher in the MLB is going to be and who's going to be World Series champions next year. Oh, goodness. And that is Jack Flaherty and the St. Louis oh, Cardinals. goodness. Um, the Cardinals? Be hot, AJ. Uh, Jack Flaherty is a up-and-coming star in the MLB. Uh, he finished last season with an ERA under one in his last eight or nine starts, which is ridiculous. Uh, he led the Cardinals, who were one of the worst-hitting teams in the National League, to the NLCS where we did get swept by the Nationals. Uh, the Nationals were a team that would have beat anybody at that point. So I'm not necessarily too upset about that. I was upset at the time, but looking back, it's like, you know what? A team that was one of the worst hitting teams, the NL, and we made it to the NLCS, I will take that. Uh, all we need to do is take that another step forward, and we have everybody coming back. Jack Flaherty's already got a resume where people are going to be figuring him out, and he's going to be continuing to get better. He's still very young. We got all the bats coming back. Jordan Hicks is coming back as our closer. We are set to go. That, that's all I have to say. I think the St. Louis Cardinals are going to make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, as a homer, I think they're going to win the World Series. Um, but also because I don't see any challenge for us, specifically in the NL Central. I think we'll outlast the Cubs and the Brewers um, and even the Reds. I mean, there's a lot of talk about the Reds, but they still got a few years off. Um, so that, that's my take. Where is your offense going to come from? Because you didn't add any bats, did you? Exactly my question. Well, what do you mean, where is our offense going to come from? Well, you said you're one of the worst hitting teams. And, yeah, you did make right, that MLCS, last but, like, That what? was last year. Matt Carpenter had one of the worst hitting seasons of his career. What did you do to get better at the bat? So you're saying what? you're relying on a bounce-back season from, like, from Carpenter? I mean, Carpenter's not going to have the same season he did. Tommy yeah. Edmond was a rookie last year. He's a regular now. He came on the in – like middle midway through the year, he's one of the best bats on our team. Uh, we got rid of Ozuna, who is already a terrible fielder. Um, his bat was there, but I would rather have someone who's good on both sides, both sides rather than one. Um, I'm I'm sticking to the idea that a lot of guys that had poor years aren't going to have the same kind of years they had. Harrison Bader ended up going to the minors at one point during last year. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Like there were a lot of like like flukish things that happened. Um, we're still getting used to everything. Jack Flaherty still being like an up and coming star, like the second half of, of 2019 is when he hit his stride. Here's the other thing too. It's a 60 game season with coronavirus happening. It's a 60 game season. So it gives the Cardinals a lot better of a chance to, to make a run at it, uh, especially only playing divisional games and the AL Central. It also though gives them 
a lot more of a chance to not be able to get their bats working in time for the Well, just like everybody else, though. I mean, you could say that about literally anybody else. Like, but, I don't think you could say that. Like, I mean, the Nationals did lose a lot of pieces. So they're not, they're not going to be the same team, obviously. But you could say that about a lot of teams. Like, you lost different teams. bat after a, a really, really bad year at the plate. Yeah. I mean. Who do that, you think your biggest – go ahead. No, what, like I, I don't, I don't understand like why, why we're like so sticking in the fact that we didn't add anybody when the guys that we already had are supposedly producing and just didn't last year. I just think that, you can't find it. But who, who's your biggest, who's your biggest NL opponent? The Dodgers. Who's your biggest challenge? It's got to be the Dodgers, right? Uh, yeah, Dodgers probably. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I don't. The, the Dodgers are always going to be there. I think. The Nats um, are going to be there still. They didn't lose anybody in their pitching rotation. And that's what yeah, won but the, the World Series. The Nats lost Rendon, and Rendon, like, bailed them out a lot of the time in the playoffs last year. Do you think your pitching will be better than the, than the Nationals next year? Better than the Nationals? Yeah. Like, what, like as a whole, like our rotation? or Just your pitching as a whole. Be careful. Um, I don't know I if do we'll agree say with it's going to be better. I don't, I don't think it'll be better than the Nationals. So I think it'll do. be – I don't think it'll be up to the task versus the Nationals. And yeah. we have a lot of guys returning. Jordan Hicks is going to be back to his closing role, which means that Carlos Martinez will be able to spend more time focusing on starting rotation role. Um, mm -hmm. Adam Wainwright still has a year on his contract. Um, he's an older veteran, and he nobody thought he was going to do anything last year. And amidst all the other stuff that was just crap that was going on for the Cardinals, Adam Wainwright was pitching out of his mind. So – I just I think that the last last year for the Cardinals, especially on the offensive end, was a fluke year for specific guys that isn't going to be the case for them moving forward this year. Matt Carpenter, Harrison Bader, Tommy Edmond mainly are are not going to be the same players that they were last year. That's my argument. But specifically, like from the Jack Flaherty side, like he's he was already one of the best pitchers last year for the second half of the year. He only he's only getting better. So so, so is your hot take? that the Cardinals will just be better than they were last year, which would mean going to the World Series? Or are you saying they're the best team in the NL? I think it's too early to tell. I'll say, I'll, I'll say that my hot take is more of Jack Flaherty's dominance than it is the Cardinals going to the World Series. Okay. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. He's a stud. Yeah. I, I, I would put him up there against any other pitcher in the league this year. I'll say that. <laughs> there you that go. Yeah. All right. All right. My hot take is going to get into something we talked about a little bit. It might address something AJ said uh, a couple weeks ago. And it has to do with Derek Jeter. Oh. Uh, Derek Jeter had. <laughs> he's already out of here. Josh just left, for those of you guys listening. Josh okay, just left. You're going to want to buckle up for this one, but I want all the smoke. Don't here. you dare. Don't you dare disrespect the captain. Be careful. AJ had Derek Jeter in his top five MLB players of all time, which is ridiculous because my hot take is Derek Jeter is not a top 50 MLB player of all time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's not a hot take. It's true. No, 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 no. What? You don't say, hey, my hot take is not a hot take. You know that's a hot take, and you know it's wrong. 
but go ahead with your bias. So. <laughs> it's not wrong. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> there are a few things that lead to Derek Jeter being overrated by many people. First of all, just the mere fact that he was on the Yankees. People naturally overrate players on, on good Yankees teams. He played on a great team. They won, you know, multiple World Series. And so naturally, okay, think. First of all, think. If Derek Jeter had played on the Indians or the Padres, you know, he wouldn't be not uh, nearly the name he is. Of course, you can't take away what he did in the playoffs. But we wouldn't hold Derek Jeter in the same light as we do on the Yankees. Okay, that's not anything statistical. That's just one reason I think he's a little bit overrated. Um, However, getting into the actual numbers, okay? Uh, so batting-wise, uh, I, think, I think he's a little bit overrated. Now, uh, he's, obviously, he was a great hitter, um, one of the great hitting shortstops. However, his, uh, his, his numbers are not, not mind-blowing. I mean, he's not, he's not in the top 100 batting average. He's not, you know, we talked about on-base on percentage. He's not in the top. He's like in 200. Um, actually, one thing that was revealing to me is I looked at OPS is kind of a very comprehensive stat that I like to use. Um, and it's on, you're on base and you're slugging. So it's how much you get on base and how much power you hit for. Um, which, you know, he's way down that list. But actually, OPS plus, which is adjusted for your park, uh, he's not even top 500 in MLB all time, meaning that he probably benefited. He's benefited from his park a little bit. I'm not trying to say he's a bad hitter. He was a great hitter. Three, 310 average. That's, that's, I mean, you can't, that's really good. But it's not, it's not um, you know, in the very top tier. Now, the thing that really mean, makes me uh, say he's overrated and, uh, or not in the top 50 is his defense. Um, and, oh, his defense? His defense? Go ahead, keep going. Keep going. No, he, Derek Jeter, listen to me, was one of the worst defending shortstops of all time. No. Oh, my God. I'm walking away a second oh time. Gosh. You did not just say that. Okay, listen, we, listen. we need to give some disclaimers for people who are listening to the podcast instead of watching. The, the amount of, like, movement that Josh and I have on our cameras right now, we both simultaneously stood up. Those of you guys who are listening. If you, we, if you are listening on Spotify up. or Apple or podcast, whatever, it's probably worth, you know, going on to YouTube and watching some of these. Yes, some of these honestly. You got no, to listen to this podcast. It's not worth listening to this one. Go. Let, me, let me defend myself. Let me defend myself. Okay, I do. This is the respect I'll give Derek Jeter. One, he was a hustler. Okay, so he went, like, you think of some of his great plays, the, you know, diving into the stands, the, the flip play. Like, he had, he, he, uh, he, he hustled, he got after it, he put it all out on the field. That's great. You know, he's got some of those highlights. There's a jump throw. So, however, when you, when you look at uh, – I'll give some actual numbers so I'm not just spouting things off. Um, uh, here we go. So, baseball prospectus and baseball reference both have their two their historic, like historical play-by-play -play systems where they average or they analyze kind of your range, your arm, and then your errors, and then double plays for infielders. So it's kind of talks about your range, so how you get to balls, your arm, and then, and it so it kind of ranks ranks the shortstops or ranks all players, not just shortstops. Um, they both rate Derek Jeter 
as having cost his team the most runs of any defender all time in MLB history for lack of either range or positioning. DRS, defensive run saved, it started in 2003. So from 2003 to the end of his career, 2014, uh, according to defensive run saved, which is a commonly used metric for defenders, he cost his, he was worth negative 165 runs for his team. The next, the, the shortstop closest to him was Hanley Ramirez, who had like 70 something. Now, yes, he won gold gloves, but you think that's, that's mostly, with gold glove voting, especially older, older times where they don't uh, think about these newer stats as much, which some of these stats aren't even that much newer. <laughs> but like, you can't use fielding percentage. Hopefully you agree, you can't use fielding percentage to like determine a, a defender. Like, that's like, Why not? That's like saying, that's like saying a, well, that only, only talks about, that, that only uh, shows the plays that a, a fielder specifically messed up on. If, if you, if like, let's say Javier Baez has a range of however many feet to his sides, he's not going to get errors if he's actually, um, or it's not going to count as an error if one player doesn't get to a ball that another player would get to. So you have to range, I think is the most important, right? Like if, if a guy's really slow, but he doesn't drop anything, he's going to have very few errors, but he's going to still be a terrible defender because he can't get to anything. So, Hey, you can't, I'm, that doesn't mean Jeter is the worst defensive shortstop of all time. That's what you said. That's no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I'm saying, I'm saying the, the rating said he cost his team the most runs of all time. Who However, are these I will give a disclaimer. Who are these people that are making these ratings? Like MLB.com, Baseball Reference. They're commonly used. Dude, literally every. No one disagrees that he was. I mean, a few people. But if you, I mean. There are articles upon articles about how bad his defense was. And that's just, it's just a fact. Now, in 2009, I know he was working, I was reading up on it, and he worked with a coach that realized his defense was uh, a big handicap, and so they worked on positioning. And so he had a couple of years where he was like an average defender. But by that time, he's getting old, and so. You just called Aj Derek Peter an average defender? No, no, no. Okay, wait, uh, one second, and I'll give you, a, I'll give you a chance to respond. <laughs> so what I'm saying is defensive run shaped means he cost his team the most runs. However, that, that doesn't mean necessarily he's the worst defender of all time because naturally shortstops are going to have more chances. So like a right fielder might be a worse defender, but since not as many balls are coming that way, there's less opportunity to cost your team that many runs. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, uh, the, the main, main argument there. Good. What do you have to say? Go ahead, Josh. Go, go ahead, special guest. Take, take over. I can go. Take over. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> First, I'm going to address the defense, okay? Jeter was notorious in terms of his athleticism for being an average defender. I will give you that, okay? He was never known as a guy like Javi Baez that can run all between third and second, making all those plays. That was never him, right? We're all in agreement. Yeah. I mean, okay. sure. average. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's an average defender. He won multiple gold gloves, which that's not a biased thing. That's a, if you're great at your position, you win a gold glove. He was so good at shortstop, he pushed potentially the greatest shortstop of all time to third base. That guy's name is Alex Rodriguez. That's and a big mistake. You have, uh, you have to take into account 
you have to take into account that a lot of those plays that Jeter would have potentially made, he didn't make that length all the way over there because A-Rod was in the hot corner covering a lot of the field. You basically had two shortstops playing. It's true. So a lot of those <laughs> defensive metrics are going to be thrown off because of how great his third baseman was. Alex Rodriguez is potentially – would have been potentially one of the greatest, if not the greatest shortstop of all time. And Derek Jeter came in because he was so good at shortstop and pushed him to third, where he then arguably what could have become one of the greatest third basemen of all time if he would have played there the whole time of his career. Can I say one thing? Go ahead. <laughs> it's having a good third baseman is not going to decrease your numbers as a shortstop because it's going to decrease not, your range naturally because you're not going no, to have no, to go no. as far. But, but if, if A-Rod's making the plays, then it doesn't count as like a run lost against Jeter. It's specifically, you know, otherwise, no, there wouldn't be a single ground ball single through the five, five if he's getting all those balls. Like if he makes well, a play, it's an out. What I'm saying is like you're, you, you're dissing on his range, but his range doesn't have to be as far if you have a guy like A-Rod playing third. But that doesn't mean it wasn't what it was right okay i have something to say like maybe maybe just a second maybe a rod picked him up a little bit but that doesn't mean that doesn't add anything to jeter in my opinion so what were you gonna say you you mentioned the plays that Derek jeter did make in his career that the yeah. highlights that he's made in his career is there any other shortstop in lb history that can make that play <laughs> yes that's a bad argument what? that's a bad argument okay no but like specifically like, like specifically? The, the known highlights of Derek jeter the flip to home plate. I well, I think it's a different category, AJ, because I think we're talk what we talk about with Derek Jeter's highlights is like he has these great highlights which make him this great player. That doesn't mean nobody else can do it, but Derek Jeter did do it. If that makes sense. Does that that make right, sense? Right, but I'm saying specifically yeah. with yeah, like but, I mean the, you can put together a highlight compilation of any player. No, no, no. Let, let me back up then. Specifically the flip. The the play that he's known for the flip. Do you think that there's any shorts? He backed up a throw from right field. No shortstop does that. No shortstop yeah, has mean, ever backed up a throw from right field. Look, the, look, that's a one-time scenario, which was a great play. Like I said, that baseball it IQ, saved a run the hustle. playoff game. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean that doesn't save him from the fact that he's just was slower to getting to ground balls than basically any other shortstop. I mean, does that's what the numbers say. It's not even close. There's, there's another argument here, though. Also, coming off of the defense a little bit. Because we were talking, you talked about his bat also. Okay, Derek Jeter, three ten average for his career. Anywhere above three hundred, you're doing well. Okay, that's yeah. that's just baseball. That's an understanding in baseball that we have. If you're over three hundred, you're good to go. What Derek, what made Derek Jeter special defensively and at the bat is how clutch he was. Probably, mm -hmm. uh, you can you can say pretty definitively he's the most clutch baseball player of all time. Every every chance. Not every chance, but, like, he never had a down postseason. I don't know if I can back that up with stats, but I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> you, you don't think of Derek Jeter, like, taking a postseason off or having to get carried by somebody else. Derek Jeter was the man. He earned the nickname the captain for a reason, and it's because everybody looked to him to pick the team up when they needed it, which is why the Yankees were so good for that stretch of time. Yes. We don't, I mean, you don't – when you think of the Yankees from, like, 98 to 20, 2009, 2010, you're not thinking of another player. You're thinking of, of Derek Jeter, maybe A-Rod. 
and that's it. Maybe, yeah. And Rivera, yeah. I mean, look, and, baseball. And, yes. Yeah, baseball. We know is is uh, is one of those sports where, th in terms of championships, the least. Uh, that's why. That's part of why I think he's a little bit overrated. Is because again, we know AJ. You know this from Mike Trout. You call him your greatest baseball player ever, and he's made the playoffs once and was swept. So it's like, yes, he may have been a leader. There's more that goes into and he it. He may have been, but I'm I'm saying like. You can't like pin their greatness on Jeter in the same way. I mean, you can say he helped him. Of course, he helped him because he was a good hitter. But defensively, he didn't surely didn't help them. I mean, like there's the one flip play, but how many plays did he not make? So that's just kind of my argument, because mainly just the fact that it wasn't close during that time. Well, I, I have one more. I have one. I have one more thing. Yeah. Uh, everything you used to say Jeter is not a great player was a stat. And both of you are on record as saying the most important thing when judging a player is the eye test. For and football. Jeter passes the eye test in every facet of baseball. Jeter Pat, the eye test is the most important thing for me in every single sport. It's not, by, it's not by the way, and we are not going to talk about that. I've decided I'm not bringing that up. But you're both on record as saying that, and Jeter is undeniably great every time you watched him. I, I said it for football specifically. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't look. I'm not saying he's a great, he's not a great player, but he doesn't get in my top fifty. So, <laughs> I know, after, after we're done, after we're done here, I want you to find out who your top fifty are and send them to me. That's a good point. Okay, I, you know, I, I, I looked that. it up to and see I how it's put it on the show. I need you to put it on the show after that. Okay, I can post it. I can post. Look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, look. One thing I did, too, I was like, okay, am I insane? You know, and I look up, Bleacher Report does not have Jeter in his top 50. ESPN doesn't have him in his top 30. So I'm just saying, like, like, I'm not insane, insane, you know? I mean, I think having a top five is insane. <laughs> and I, I truly believe he's not top 50. When you, and it's not, it's not saying he's not a great player, but what I'm saying, I, I'm not saying he's not great and didn't deserve, you know, the Hall of Fame or whatever. But I'm saying... I just think there are enough players that, you know, you look at his war, which is supposed, you know, how much value did he add? And he's like not top 90. Real so, quick, real quick, yeah. before we get to Josh's hot take, name one shortstop better than Derek Jeter. He's not top Carlton 50. Jr. No. Yes. No. Great, great shortstop. Total Iron Man. Not better than Derek Jeter. I'd take him over, but hey, that's, that's, that's just where we're at. Put a pin in that oh, one. Hey, Josh, Josh, what you got for us? Yeah, Josh, Josh is our special guest here. He's the one who, who's, who's bringing the heat. What, what do right. you have for us? So, with the third baseball hot take of, of, of the uh, – Oh, wow, all baseball. Wow. Yeah, oh, a lot boy. of baseball. And well, I, 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 I baseball chose stuff. baseball over basketball because I know Caleb doesn't know basketball as much. And so – I, I, I mean, used to get shot at you, bro. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm, we're talking basketball to uh next next episode and that's gonna be crazy but anyways go ahead well anyways uh as we know the baseball season is shortened luckily it's it is back thank the lord uh so it's gonna be a 60 game regular season with uh normal playoffs um and both leagues will be using a dh and that comes into this for me as well uh <laughs> please uh, don't oh gosh oh, i gosh. think i think that there are I think that there are two teams. No. There's one in the AL and there's one in the NL. 
that will win 50-plus games in a 60-game season. Stop it. Oh, if no. you say Texas Rangers, I'm turning no. – we're ending no. you. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the first of those two is the New York Yankees okay. because of their pitching staff and their bats. Okay. They're, I'm going to They're going to thrive in a shortened season. But 50-plus games. I no. think both of these teams will have a single-digit loss column. Okay. I'm worried uh, about your NL at, right now. Look at the Yankees. I'm, I'm not going to go to the second team yet. I'm, I'm on the Yankees. Yeah. You look at the Yankees and you see their roster. You see Garrett Cole. You see the best closer in baseball still, Araldis Chapman. I don't care what anybody says. Dude still is a monster. Okay. You got James Paxton who turned it on in the playoffs. I think in a shortened season, he thrives as well. But then you look at their bats. And this is what sets the Yankees apart from everybody. It's what set them apart last year. Aaron Judge, Stanton, who will have a comeback year because he was hurt most of last year. So one can assume if he stays healthy, he's going to be able to knock it all around that park. Big you got Aaron Hicks, if he stays healthy. You got Glaber Torres, who's a young stud. DJ LeMayhew, who is like this, just super consistent with what he does. And you've got Gary Sanchez, who, if Gary Sanchez plays to what he can play, he adds 30, 40 home runs. So you've got – In I mean, 60 games? Well, in a normal <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Okay, in a normal season. I'm not <laughs> in a short I, I was, like, going in the – anyways. Yeah, yeah, Okay. But you've got all, all those bats, plus a couple more guys that add multiple home runs throughout weeks of play, the plug-and-play guys. But those are going to be the guys that you ride with, right? So I think the Yankees are in a good position. Now, obviously, if they add Severino, it, I mean, nobody's challenging them in baseball, I don't think, because that no. gives them the best bullpen. I'm not done yet. Okay, yeah, go. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, now, the other team. I don't like that he's smirking. Oh, no. The other <laughs> team, anybody but the Dodgers, you are out of your mind. And even if it is the Dodgers, but. The other team is both of your favorite team, which is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, and you make the same argument, but kind of like they have great bats, but their pitching staff is going to be unbelievable, particularly in a shortened season. You've got Kershaw, Bueller, and Price coming on the mound. Price is old, and he's lost some of his ace-ness, but in a shortened season, he can bring it. And I, I don't – that's just a prediction more than anything, but I think he's going to bring it. Then, you know, you've got Belly, you've got Muncie, you've got Seeger, you've got Turner. But then what's kind of been lost in all of this is that they got bets. Like, they had bets, and they were going to have them for a whole season. And then it was kind of like, well, they might not even get to keep bets if we don't have a baseball season. But now we're going to have one. And you're going to have to face nightly. You're going to have to face Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger batting probably back-to-back. That's going to mess everyone up. You know, I don't have a problem with the teams. My problem is with 50 wins. Like, do you, I, yeah. you realize – listen, that's – you have to go – in. You have to average 10 and 2 in every 12 game stretch. Like, if you have a bad week and go, you know, 2 and 5, like one bad week and you have to go like 50 and 5 the rest of the way. Like, I, I just think that's insane. It is, it is insane, but it's also a hot take. I don't see it. But so, wait, I, hold on. I'm not mad at the short season. It's a shortened season. I, I think that adds to it also. Teams start hot like that all the time. Not quite like that, but like, in a shortened season, you know every game matters more than it normally does. So you're not going to necessarily be pulling up, like, the AAA guys to go put them in the field every once in a while. That's you're going to be playing your best guys every night. Will, will you delve into postseason right now? 
Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. These, this is the World Series, 100%. Oh, my. 100%. You, I, I was That's a bit so much. hard when you were talking about the Cardinals to not jump in. It, if the Dodgers and the Cardinals meet in the playoffs, it's going to be a massacre. It's going to be oh a my. massacre. You know, AJ, I, I can't disagree. Like, they're just juggernauts. Of course you can't. Well, I, I don't know. Like, it's so much about momentum. But and, – and you have beat them before. But, like, I don't – like, Mookie and Bellinger, I, I don't know. Like, they're so stacked. And, well, and it's the same thing with the Yankees. If, if uh, Stanton stays healthy and him and Judge are both playing high-level baseball, it's the same exact – you have the same factor in both leagues. When you have guys hitting in the three and four hole like that, it's almost unstoppable. I have, I have no comment. I'm not even going to engage that right now. <laughs> I'm not even going to engage that right now. I can't make a prediction on who would win that World Series. It would go to seven games. I don't know who. That's, your, that's your World Series right now, though. Absolutely. No doubt. Caleb, what's your World Series? Uh, probably same. I mean, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. You know, you hey, guys, real quick. Me. Absolutely. Uh, just quick. Me. A quick question thrown in there. How do you guys – just keep it brief, but how do you guys think the Astros are going to do? <laughs> oh, 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 I actually have a second hot take that pertains to the Astros. Oh, boy. Uh, the Astros, even though it's a 60-game season, will set the record for most hit by pitch in a season. <laughs> <laughs> in I agree. Games. I agree. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. but they're gonna, <laughs> And you're going to have to make the – you're going to have to make the pitches on the inside count a little bit hey. more. Caleb made a point of this. I didn't even realize you play the opposite of your division. That means the the Astros are going to be playing the Dodgers a whole lot, which should make some really interesting games. I can't. I just can't wait for Kershaw to get on the mound against Altuve and accidentally throw one a little too far inside. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. We are going off the rails. We shouldn't have started talking about the Astros. (laughs) I hate him. I hate him so much. All right. Well, we each, we each gave a, a little bit of a, a piece of piece of our, our minds there. Uh, <laughs> wasn't wasn't too bad, I guess. But can't say the same about our, our next segment. We are going into high five, except Caleb and I have nothing to say but just to respond because that is right, people. Coming up next, Josh Holcomb is giving his top five NFL players of all time. Say your prayers. <laughs> Welcome to High Five, where we give our top five uh, in something relating to sports. AJ and I recently, actually last week, right, we gave our top five NFL players of all time, and it got a little interesting. We had some work <laughs> with each other, uh, but so we thought we'd go back to that and just throw a little more interesting in there. And uh, oh, of course, yeah, is he's going to respond to ours, and he's going to give his top five NFL players of all time. And then AJ and I will respond to that, and, you know, we'll see how things go. So, Josh, what you got for us? Top five. Yeah, so, first, responding to your guys's. <laughs> so, I would just like to say off the top, Caleb. Rand's incoming. You're pretty solid, Caleb. Oh, uh, I respect it. I, I disagree with some of the placements of players, but I respect it. Uh, AJ? <laughs> AJ? I don't have those same words for you, brother. <laughs> uh your top your top four are fine but you only have one player on your entire list that i think can have a legitimate argument at a top five uh oh yeah oh yeah i said it uh but you put 
Dante Hall on your list. I do have a comment on that. If you, uh, if you, you don't whoa. get to make it, let me okay. go. Uh, first, first, I would like to not disparage a great football player. Dante Hall was a beast. He was a phenomenal receiver. There's a reason he had the nickname the human joystick. Dude could do things on a football field that was unbelievable. But he really only played about six or seven seasons in the NFL first. Uh, and he, I, I think I said a while ago that he was a great receiver. He was a great returner. He was an awful NFL wide receiver. Um, you look at okay. his stats, they do not back up that he was a good wide receiver. Okay. Just putting that out there. Okay. Uh, but we're going to go – we're going to go – we're just going to say – we're just going to be in agreement. Nobody in their right mind would put Dante Hall anywhere on an NFL all-time greats list. They definitely wouldn't put him on a top five list, unless you're talking about top five returners of all time. That's the only list that he would even make an appearance on. And he wouldn't be That's number fair. one. That's fair. And, and he wouldn't be number one on the returner list either. Who's number one? Devin Hester. Oh, my. Dude. And number two would probably be primetime, Deion Sanders. But we'll get to that. We'll get to Deion Sanders. Is he number three? We'll get to Deion Sanders in a minute. Uh, AJ, also, you had a name notably left off your list, and he was way too low on Caleb's list. And that man's name is Tom Brady. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please just fast forward now. There's no need to listen to all of this. It's, it's all null and void. It's, it's, it's not okay. Null and void. You letting your bias blind you to the to the amazing My bias? Your bias, your hate and spite for Tom Brady is blinding you to the greatness that is hitting you right between the eyes. Not having Tom Brady on a top five all-time NFL list is like saying uh, Oh, please compare. Please compare right now. I'm so ready for what you're going to compare. This I should have had a comparison. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, it's like saying that – You're not backing out of this like one. like leaving Babe Ruth off a top five MLB list. <laughs> Honestly, I would agree with that. It's like, it, it's like leaving Tom, Babe Ruth off a top five all-time baseball list. It, Tom Brady is unequivocally, unequivocally the best football player of all time. Period. No. no. Period. That's now, disgusting. We're going to talk about it in a minute. You're disgusting. Off of a top five, you cannot make an argument that he should not be on a top five list. You can't make a solid argument for that based upon the things that he's done in his career. But disgusting. we're going to get to that because I have a top five list. To Least athletic quarterback of all time. Go ahead. Who cares? He can still Real, throw the ball. Real quick, can I make a, a quick comment? And I'll let you get it to your list. It's. I think a lot of – AJ and I, I'm noticing we kind of have a difference in our lists where I'm going right now, I'm going in my list so far, I've been going on like GOAT status. So not not so much talent. If this were pure talent, I wouldn't have Brady on there. But just in terms of his accumulation of everything, that's why he's on mine. And that's kind of why my baseball list was the way it was, you know, and Mike Trout wasn't number one. That's just one comment I want to make. And people interpret those different ways. I do think Brady's overrated. We'll get into all that stuff. but. Um, but just in terms of the goat list, I couldn't leave him. So I just wanted to say there's a difference. There. Well, and I, I hear you. I think in a goat list, though, you have to look at stats, but you also you have to take into account talent. 
I don't think you can accrue the stats that any of these people got without having immense talent. Just period. But that's me. So we're going to jump into my list. I'm going to give just go. Go I'm ahead. Gonna give honorable mentions before I give my number one, which you already know who my number one is, so it'll be great. At number five, we've got the great Peyton Manning at the number five all-time football player in the NFL. Just to run down AJ, some things. He was good. He was good, AJ. Just to run down some things. All-time, 65.3 completion percentage for his career. 71,940 yards for his career. 539 touchdowns. By the way, there's only three or four guys in NFL history that have ever thrown up more than 500 touchdowns. He has the most MVPs in NFL history. He also, at a very old age, after most people thought he was washed, had the best quarterbacking season of all time, where he threw for the most passing yards and the most touchdowns in a single season with the Denver Broncos. He threw for 55 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards. Dude was a monster. The thing that made Peyton Manning so particularly great, though, was that he's probably the smartest football player of all time. The way that he could come up to the line of scrimmage, read the defense, and then make changes on the fly was incredible. And I don't know. We've never seen anything like it before. I don't know if we'll ever see anything quite like it again. I'll allow it. Coordinator on the field. I'll allow it. Number five. Do I just – do I just go through these and then we'll just talk keep about going. It? You got no pushback on that one. Go ahead. Awesome. Number four. Oh, yeah. Number four. Oh, Dion no. Primetime Sanders. Okay. The best defensive back in NFL history. I'm a little offended neither of you even mentioned him in an honorable mentions list. but He was in the conversation for mine. I'll give him a little more comments on mine, but go ahead. Uh, 53 career interceptions, nine career return touchdowns, three kickoffs, six punts. Uh, absolute game changer. The thing about primetime was that, like, his stats aren't necessarily as good as some of the other guys because people just did not throw the ball on his side of the field. He took away half of the field every time he was on it. Absolute game changer. One of the reasons the Cowboys defense for the five years that he played for them was so ridiculous because you could not throw to an entire side of the field. You couldn't throw to your best receiver when Dion was covering him. Um, and I, I think unequivocally he's the best defensive back of all time as a result of that. Guys will still test Richard Sherman. Guys will still test, you know, Patrick Peterson. Throw out any name. Guys will test them. People did not test primetime. When they did, they got burnt. And that's, no. just, that's just a fact. Number three. Keep going. Lawrence Taylor's number three. And, and kind of the same thing as Dion. There's not as many stats to back up Lawrence Taylor. He doesn't have a bunch of records. He doesn't hold a bunch of records. He doesn't have any of that. Uh, he did have 132.5 career sacks, which is unbelievable. That's a super high number. Um, but this, for the same reason as Dion, you didn't do anything towards his side of the field, and yet he still could single-handedly stop you. Uh, absolute monster, had unbelievable speed. He was like – 6'4", 250, and ran like a 4'6", 40, something like that. I mean, dude could fly around the football field. Nobody could block him, completely unblockable. Um, and one of the, you know, he's one of those guys that it's like he finished his career and everybody's like, well, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, it's, it's just a no-brainer. Um, so Lawrence Taylor has to be on, I think, any list. And I think both of you have Lawrence Taylor. Oh, yeah. May I just say, there's there's thunder at the, at the house I'm at right now, which makes sense considering – what you're about to say is your number one, but may I just say th thus far, you're, you, you, 
I have no arguments with you. I, I, I think there's a case to be made for each one of those individuals. Now, you're, I'm hoping your number two is also that way, so we can only argue about number one. But I just oh, want to let you know. He's going to have a problem with your number two because he's going to leave off someone who might be. No. Uh, yeah, I think you had, a, you had a problem when I mentioned Peyton Manning. But uh, did you, AJ? I mean, it seems like you're good with it. No, I mean, when he first said it, I was like, really? And then just thinking mm -hmm. about it more, like thinking about Peyton Manning's career and stuff, I think there's a case to be made for it. So I'm really curious about this number two because you're going to leave someone off that I will be surprised. I just don't know who. Uh, yeah. Um, number two is Jerry Rice. That's good. Uh, he he is – uh, again, I think he's one of those guys that's unequivocally the best at his position. And you can make – there's an argument to be made for Randy Moss. There's also an argument to be made for Larry Fitzgerald. Um, but neither of them statistically come anywhere close to Jerry Rice. Now – Jerry Rice also had a stupid long NFL career, but he would have the records even if he wouldn't have played like his last three seasons or something like that. It's something crazy like that. He had – everything that I'm about to say is an NFL record, and to this day still an NFL record. 1,549 receptions, 22,895 receiving yards, 23,546 all-purpose yards, 197 reception touchdowns, 208 total touchdowns, and an NFL record 274 straight games with at least one catch. Nobody's going to touch any of those receiving records anytime AJ, soon. AJ's falling asleep because you could go so long talking about Jerry Rice's NFL records. Yes. No, I, I, I don't know if this is a fact or not, but – and all of the stuff that I was looking at with NFL records, I don't know if anybody holds as many at one position as Jerry Rice does. Dude was uh, unbelievable. He had the best hands probably ever. The only other guy you can, I think, even put in that conversation is Randy Moss because of what Randy Moss could do athletically. Fitzgerald had, like, glue hands, right? Well, both. I mean, they both do. Yeah, okay. There's only a few guys that can even be talked – in terms of a great, like the greatest wide receivers of all time. Jerry Rice, though, statistically, but also you watch, if you watch film of Jerry Rice, you watch what he could do on a football field. His route running was precise. He blocked, this is the thing about Jerry Rice. He did all the little things right as well. He was the best blocking wide receiver maybe ever. If the running back swung out to his side, they were going to get 10 to 15 yards because Jerry, Jerry Rice was pushing his guy off the line of the scrimmage. And it's just one of those, it's, it's a no-brainer. So that's why I loved Caleb's list a lot more than yours was that Jerry Rice was number one. And he – you know what? There's an argument to be made that he maybe is number one because oh of the records he has. You guys are delusional. Good grief. Now, before, before I move on and get to my number one – You don't have a running back. Yeah, you don't have a running back. I'm about to explain that. You better. I'm going to give some honorable mentions. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, Joe Montana, you have to think about it, uh, but – You should put him it, in it instead of think about it. I don't mean – just me. Statistically, doesn't match up with a top five NFL player of all time. And I will say one thing. I, I think I didn't give enough credit to Montana just because of the era he played in. Oh, really? In. Oh, really? Really? No, no, no. I, went, I still wouldn't put him in my top five. I think I should have given him a little more credit statistically. But even so, 
you know, he, he was not leading the league every year in his, you know, so even if his stats are lower, they still weren't topping the league every year. So, yeah. And I think with Montana, the thing that, you, that does put him into the conversation is that he was such a great leader. But when this, when you're not even like the best statistically at your position or one of the best, it's, it's hard to make that. I think he's like number 17 in touchdown passes for quarterbacks. Like, come on. Does he have more or less Super Bowl rings than Peyton Manning? They're the same. I think they both have two. Doesn't Montana have three? Montana has Montana three. three. Montana have three? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, by the way, you just made the Super Bowl argument, and so thank you for helping me with my number one in a minute. Uh, oh, we're going to talk about I'm that because that's a lot easier to discuss than Montana versus Manning. Uh, other, other guys that were honorable mentions, I'm just going to start running down this list. John Elway, make, you can make the argument. Uh, John Elway? Absolutely, John Elway. Uh, Emmett Smith holds like a whole bunch of running back records. You've got Walter Payton, you've got Barry Emmett Sanders, you've got Jim Brown. Here's why. Here's hey, why. Barry Sanders was pretty good, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Here's why I didn't put a running back on my list. There are so many other factors to a running back being great. I think. I think most. Of, I think several of those guys are top ten players. But when you talk about a top five of all time list, you got to talk about guys that completely can change the game without anybody else's help. And each of these guys can do that. That's why these guys are on my top five. Uh, just to name a few more names, Randy Moss, Larry Fitzgerald, already talked about them. And then Ed Reed, I thought about, and then I was like, eh. What? Uh, Reggie White, I think, is probably the third best defensive player of all time. Just an absolute game record. Reggie White is? Yes. Wow. Uh, and then Ray Lewis, kind of for the same reason as Derek Jeter being high on a list, the leadership yeah. that comes with Ray Lewis is un unheard of. I would think of Ray Lewis far before I think of Reggie White. Reggie White was a beast. Reggie White was a game changer. Absolutely. But, but Reggie White played around the same position as Lawrence Taylor, which is why it's, like, hard for me to think of, like, anybody. Reggie White was a defensive lineman. Wasn't Lawrence Taylor – he put defensive end and outside linebacker. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> Number one. Oh, please. NFL on. player. Of all time. Let's talk about Undeniably. This. Of course, it is not of course it's undeniable. Close. And the man is still playing today. His name is Tom God bless him. Brady. God bless Tom Brady for still playing. Here we go. I'm just going to run down some of these stats. Uh, 74,571 passing yards for his career. Again, still not playing. Athletic. Who knows how high that number could be. Uh, 63.8 completion percentage. Not Again, talented. Crazy high, eleven thousand three hundred eighty-eight playoff passing yards, seventy playoff touchdowns. This man has thrown seventy-three touchdowns just in the playoffs. That's better than a lot of guys have in their whole career. We're gonna just keep going. QB. He has six, six world championships. He's been to nine Super Bowls. He has the most. These are all records. Most Super Bowl MVPs. Most Malcolm passing Butler. yards. Most touchdowns and the most wins in Super Bowl history. Period. Adam Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri kicked the ball after Bill Belichick got him in position to do so. I'm going to keep going. He has Randy an NFL Moss. record: 237 total wins with the regular and the playoff combined. He has an NFL record: 614 touchdowns 
when you combine the playoffs and the regular season. He is currently still a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, and he is about to turn a ripe old age of 43. And, and I'm going to add one more thing. He is by far, by far, the most clutch NFL football player of all time. AJ, I'm going to let you take this one. Now, I will well, by this. far, right? By far. I will say this. By I far. Will this. I will say this. Each one of these guys benefited from being on a great team. So you can't take that away from any of these guys. All these guys have, have rings, uh, may, except maybe Lawrence Taylor. Did he win a ring? Don't think so, Chief. Um, <laughs> he played for the Giants. Um. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, they've won three or four championships. So um, Yeah, with Eli Manning, not with Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> well, they all benefited from being on good teams. Tom Brady has benefited from being on a good team with a great – the Patriots had great defenses throughout his time there. Uh, however, other than Randy Moss, he's never had that great wide receiver. Randy Moss and Gronk are the only two that Doesn't have, matter. like, more than 30 touchdowns or something like that from Tom Brady. Okay. I mean, it's something crazy okay. like that. You do, okay. the, the dude's longevity from when he came into the league and started – to now, the fact that he's been able to maintain the level of play and that he's won he's six great coaching. championships, six championships. He's the greatest of all time. Teacher, teacher, I have a question. Teacher, I have a question. Go ahead. I'm actually going to start this with a question. If Tom Brady played for any other organization, would he have six championships? I think he'd have multiple. I don't know if he'd have six. <laughs> stop it. No, stop it. Tom Brady has six Super Bowl rings because of Bill Belichick. Plain and simple. Uh, uh, Plain and simple. Yeah, you can say that about anybody. You can say that about literally any player. Michael Jordan only has six because of Phil Jackson. Ooh. Ooh. You can't diss Michael Jordan in front of AJ. You cannot. AJ, you and me have had this conversation. I think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. He would not have six championships if Phil Jackson was not his head coach. So if someone else coached the Bulls, they wouldn't have six championships? No. Plain and simple. Period. <laughs> That's a conversation for another time. I did not think you thought that. Okay. Cowboys, wow. That makes a Dallas whole lot Cowboys, of sense. Actually. My Dallas Cowboys would not have three championships in the 90s if Jimmy Johnson wasn't the head coach. The Dallas Cowboys also had Emmett Smith and, like, a bunch of help. So – they wouldn't have won three championships if Jimmy Johnson wasn't head coach. They won one without Jimmy Johnson, but it was Jimmy Johnson's team. I don't even know where to start with this. You, you can't – when talking about the greatest players of all time, you don't just automatically throw out the player because they had a great coach. That okay. helped them become the greatest of all I'm time. Gonna give you, I'm going to give you three scenarios where Tom Brady should have three rings instead of six. You ready? Malcolm Butler's interception. Julian Edelman's – catch an inch off of the ground and D Ford's offside penalty. If those three things go the other way, Tom Brady has three rings instead of six. You know why? That's because he played a good enough game to keep his team in the game, but didn't have anything to do with that outcome. He had to have help. 
Okay. And you're going to say every player. But with Tom Brady, I think it's just undeniably more. Like, it, when you look at the game-changing play, being with him on the sideline, like the Malcolm Buckler, like, it's not that he set them in a position to win in that game. He set them in a position to lose because they were about to win the game. You know, that's kind of my – How is that Tom Brady's fault that the defense let, let the Seahawks drive all the way down the field to the one-yard line? That's not Tom Brady's fault. He's on the sideline. You know what Tom Brady did before that? Drove them down the field. Then why make an argument for six championships? Because Tom Brady was the starting quarterback on the team. The only, the only championship that he didn't have a direct hand in the Super Bowl and helping accomplish was this last one. And down the stretch, he made multiple great throws. Like, all time. I was about to ask, how many, how many great throws do you think Tom Brady has made? Like, great throws. career? Yeah. Great throws? It, great throws. Uncountable. He's been playing for like 20,000 years. You don't <laughs> think he's a victim of the system? Is Tom Everyone Brady is a victim of the system. That's... Patrick Mahomes a victim of the system? Patrick Mahomes lost five games every every year in his college career. And what has he, he done in the, two years? Be quiet. He gets to in the NFL. two years. He gets to the NFL, is with a great coach, and starts winning more games. That's, that's not because of how great Patrick Mahomes is, which he is great, but it's because he has a better coach than what he had in college. He had bum Cliff. Why are you comparing Patrick Mahomes' NFL career to his college career? What I'm trying to say is if you have a better coach, it makes you a better player. With Tom Brady, he is a great player because he had Bill Belichick. He will be great this year because he has Bruce Arians. It's That's just a great question. Thing. How, how good will the Buccaneers be this year? How good? They'll win, they'll win probably 11, 12 games. 11 or 12 games? They have a phenomenal defense, arguably the best in the NFL. Okay. Their defense is great. But, okay. Caleb, go ahead. I, I'm getting that. Ask me how many games the Buccaneers were going to win. I'm giving you an answer. Tom Brady will throw for over 3,500 yards, 20-something touchdowns, because he's done it, like, every year of his entire career. Caleb, is, go ahead. is there a single quarterback that has been – and, I, again, he is on my list. I'm not saying he's not a good player, but just as we talk more about the talent side, has there been a single player that has, you know, benefited from their system as much as Tom Brady? Like you say, okay, yes, football's a team game. We admit that. Every, every, you know, every play requires someone else. You throw a ball to a receiver. You know, you, you run through your, with your blockers. However, has there been, I mean, has there been a player that's benefited as much from his system as Tom Brady? I, I personally think if you put any, you know, like how many, how many championships do the, do the uh, Patriots win if you put a guy like Drew Brees in there? You know, if, if you put a guy who can just throw the ball, like, like a uh, – uh, who's a good example? Like just give it a guy who can throw the – Alex Smith. No. They'll probably win championships. Stop. Stop. I love how you said put a guy in there who could actually throw Stop. the ball. No, I said just throw the ball. <laughs> Look, Alex, Alex Smith, I think, would be a poor example because I don't think he's as Alex Smith is a poor example. Tom Brady. Alex Smith yeah, is a poor example. Let's use the Drew Brees one. No, Let's but I'm thinking lower tier than that. But, yeah, okay. Okay, so Drew Brees, undeniably, like, amazing talent. Okay? He, 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 was, on my, he was on my honorable mentions list for a little while. Um. Dude, dude can ball. 
I think the Patriots win a lot of championships with Drew Brees, just like they did with Tom Brady. But Drew Brees has also undeniably been on a phenomenal franchise with a great coach and a great defense for a long time, and he only has one championship to show for it. And only, like, what, two Super Bowls or just one? Yeah, well, he hasn't been on a team like Brady, you know, has. He hasn't been on a team like Brady. I think you can make an argument that Brees has been on way better teams than Brady. Okay, you look at their, the whole team, you look at their defense, maybe offensively, but their defense? Tom Brady hasn't always had a good defense. Let, let, let's, let's move off Tom Brady's career. Let's, let's talk about what you said about this year. Tom Brady's a top 10 quarterback this year? Absolutely. No way. Who is your top 10? Uh, we, we've talked about this. Let, let everyone publicly know who your top 10 is. Not, not in order, but. Okay, I was about to say, do you need an order? Uh, let's see. Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Rodgers needs to be on this list. I'm telling you that. Rodgers, yeah, he's on the Thank list. You. Thank you. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Dak yep. Prescott. Uh, <laughs> Careful. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Tom Brady. It gets hard after that. Carson Wentz? No. But do you really think that Tom Brady Carson, is Carson, still no, – Carson no knees Wentz is not on a top ten quarterback list. Spoken like a true Cowboys fan. Kel, go ahead. No, spoken like a true football fan. Dude, dude can't stay healthy. Unbelievable talent. Can't stay healthy. Your do quarterback you, needs you, to play all 16 games, period. Keep going. Do, do you think that – do you really think Tom Brady is going to be top 10, though, after getting older than last year when on a, on a good team he had his worst completion – you know, 60% completion percentage. Who's his best receiver uh, on his team last year? Yeah, he didn't have a great team, Caleb. But well, not at the a great time, team, Tom Brady wasn't that playing, great either. No, no, listen. Tom Brady's been deteriorating for, like, the past two years. years he didn't ago, have a great he up, team. He put up the same but, stats that he's been putting up his whole career. Last year? Two years ago. Last year was a down year, but he also had a bad offense last year. But the thing is, my, my argument against Tom Brady is not so much that he's played with great, great players. I mean, there's been some, like you mentioned, Moss and Gronkowski. It's more that it's the – like, you look at how many running back passes he has. They just – Belichick is a master of designing an offense so that he just can throw – you know, it doesn't matter if this short white dude is your receiver if he's standing open at the 35-yard line. I – I understand you, but somebody has to deliver the ball, and he's done it at a super high clip. 63.8 completion percentage, 74,571 passing yards. That's I just undeniably that, great. That's top five all time, and most likely he will finish his career at the top of that list. You just think about, um, too, he's probably, as you get older, your, your skill drops faster and faster. You know, like, so the 42 to this year, will be the greatest drop in his skill that we've ever seen because he's turning like 43. And uh, so I don't know well, if you can. Because I think there's an argument to be made here. Playing in a different climate is going to change some of this. He's not going to be playing in the cold winter of Boston anymore. He's going to be playing in a warm. That's probably why I went to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay actually. It, <laughs> I, I genuinely think that's one of the biggest reasons. I think another reason is so he can go and at an old age, shrug off this notion that he's, only great because of Bill Belichick, which, by the way, is not a knock on Tom Brady. 
if anything, it's just, it bolsters just how great of a combo those two were. Just like 10 to 15 years from now, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. We're going to talk about him and Andy Reid together. That's not a problem. They're both great. We can mention both of them together. Please don't use Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady in the same sentence. Patrick Mahomes is more talented than Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes might be the most talented quarterback in NFL history. But his I think he already is. After he two years. You have to take a career into it, AJ. You can't just make a bold, flat statement that he's the most talented of all time. You yet, can when it's Patrick Mahomes. Yet, that's bias. That is pure bias. It might be. It might be. But there are other, like, football analysts and other people who have watched sports who agree this man is the, is the most transcendent football player of all time. In two just seasons. Say, though, they, they, they're always saying that about the best player now. Like, it's going to be they Lamar Jackson. Was Luck Luck Rogers, so said it about Andrew Luck a few years ago. I mean, it, you can go down a list of years and years and years of them saying that. I think it's, it's Patrick a, Mahomes is undeniably great. But he cannot even be mentioned in the same breath as Tom Brady right now because he doesn't have the career to back it up yet. If we're talking career, I agree. If we're talking about just flat-out quarterback play. And by the know. way – by the way, and this, Caleb, you'll like this. I think right now, if we're going to talk about who's the most talented football player of all, or talented quarterback of all time, it's Aaron Rodgers. Thank you. Five-tool quarterback, great. It, like, more, what, what's a word that's higher than elite? Elite arm talent. He can throw a ball with a flick of a wrist 150 yards. Like, the dude's <laughs> unbelievable, okay? But, I respect that because I but agree. Aaron Rodgers has suffered from poor coaching. Nobody disagrees with how great Aaron Rodgers is, but if he was on a team like the Patriots, he'd have multiple championships by now too. They have to go hand in hand. That's what I'm trying to say. I agree. And this is my, this is my thing is, yes, you can't discredit a player for having a good coach because then what's he supposed to do? You know, like, you know, otherwise he'll always be discredited. However, Romo and Jason Garrett or Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett. However, I think, I think, I think that's where, again, it goes back to eye test most of all in football, and I just don't see it with Tom Brady. Again, there, well, there, has to be, there has to be something to be said for consistently getting your receivers the ball, right? But in terms of stepping up to, to make the crazy – the plays that need to be made, he's not that athletic. You know, he's not that – honestly, is – I don't know. I just, I just see when, he's, when they're winning the game, it's not necessarily because Tom Brady has – come out and made the throw when he needs to. Now, he has at certain times, and they've made the drives, but the game-changing plays are not like, wow. He, so he's consistently in his career, particularly in the Super Bowl, made the plays to put the Patriots in positions to win the game throughout his entire career, particularly in the Super Bowl. Now, the Giants' Super Bowls, Eli played out of his mind, both of those. And that's, you know, that's whatever. And Eli Manning shouldn't is not even mentioned with any of these guys, but he played out of his mind in, the, in those Super Bowls. Um, but Eli Manning also in one of those Super Bowls benefited from an unreal catch, like you know yeah. whatever. We can break down. So did Tom Brady with Edelman. We we can break. That's what I'm trying to say. We can break down every Super Bowl and try to tear apart somebody's performance. The fact of the matter is, yes, Tom Brady has been helped in big moments by other people, 100%. But so has every single person who has ever won a Super Bowl. It doesn't it, – it almost, almost never comes down to one single guy making a play. 
It comes down to everyone. Tom well, Brady. I think uh, here's 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 something about Tom Brady that uh, that sticks with me. In the Super Bowl, they lost to the Eagles, which, my goodness, I hate the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> they're the worst. Josh is not Catholic, guys. Just for any of you guys who just saw that. <laughs> well, he just hates the Eagles. Uh, in that Super Bowl, Tom Brady threw five touchdown passes and had 505 passing yards with a bad receiving core other than Edelman, okay? Yeah, and they lost. You had, Gronk, you had Gronk and Edelman, neither of which were playing great. Brandon Cooks was hurt. I mean, it's just there's all these little factors. Um, and he threw for 505 yards, Super Bowl record, and five touchdowns, okay? And they lost. They lost because he had a terrible defense. But he got the ball back with less than a minute and started driving down the field. Now, on second down of that drive, if I'm remembering correctly, he threw a pass that was within reach of a receiver that the receiver did not get. It wasn't a bad throw. It was, it was purely on the receiver because it's one of, it was one of those timing routes. The receiver wasn't there. That's not on the quarterback because on timing routes, you put the ball in a specific place and the receiver's there to get it. That was on second down. On third down is when they started marching. But there was less than a minute, and he didn't have timeouts. And yet they got close enough for him to throw two Hail Marys at the end. With What's less than a minute left, starting like the 10-yard line. What okay. I'm trying to get at is Tom Brady is clutch, pure clutch. There's been nobody in NFL history nearly as clutch as him. Every time that he's had a chance in a Super Bowl – to drive down the field and win at the last minute, other than the Eagles, he's done it. And the Eagles game, he only didn't do it because he had to start so far back on his field because his defense did not do their job. He had to start yeah, way back, and a receiver didn't make the right play. Every other time, Tom Brady, when he's supposed to go down the field and score, particularly in the Super Bowl, he does it, period. Two things. I think of both, that. Like, in both of the Giants games, he did it. In both of the Giants games, he took them down the field to get a go-ahead score before Eli made crazy plays. Okay. Caleb, Caleb, final comment. Final comment. Yeah. Well, just a couple quick comments. One, I think of, like, when I'm watching him march down the field, it's not like – it's just so much a team sport where I'm not going, like, I and again, maybe maybe I'm looking at it through biased eyes, but I'm not going, wow, what a throw to put them in this situation. It's just dink dunk type things. But every again against tired defenses. Now again, if he most, does it, that's fine. The most every throw can be on the money when they're five there's nobody around for fifteen yards. The most dink dunk throw in 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 a route tree is a is a quick slant. Right? That's uh, it's okay. It's what arguably the most dink dunk throw. Russell Wilson it's, on the one yard line couldn't complete a dink dunk throw. Well, because he had to dink dunk. I, I would not put a slam as a dink dunk. I'd put a running back, which is Tom Brady's go to, it seems like. However, okay, I just want to make three quick points. Uh, first is that you think about like the, the great, maybe the Super Bowl against the Eagles that uh, Brady has. There's also on the other side going to be the Super Bowl against the Rams where he somehow won MVP, you know, with a 70 passer rating and a hundred, you know, so it's kind of my Great point more, stretch, but yeah, go ahead. My point more with the, uh, with the, um, not, is not that he benefited 
benefited from plays because other plays because of course every player benefited from other players it's more that there were multiple of those Super Bowls that they were in a position where they should have lost where it's like you know you think about the Falcons it's not just that catch it's if the Falcons had actually just run the ball in the second half after Julio Jones it's just things like that are more what stand out is not oh he benefited from a great catch is that they were in a position where they should have lost the game big time near the end yes <laughs> we should have lost the game at the end. The Patriots? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like against the Falcons, if, the, if, the, if their defense doesn't – if they just – after that Julio Jones play, you know, where they're on the verge of field goal range and putting away, if they just run the ball, the game's over. It's okay. just situations like that. If the Fal- if the okay. Seahawks just run the ball, which they should have done, it's like 90%. If D4 lines up six inches behind the line. Tom Brady threw an interception on that play, by the way. It wasn't like it was like a completion for a touchdown. AJ, I, don't even, I honestly don't even know if you would know about the D Ford play if he didn't play for the Chiefs. But I'm going to move to a different place. I mean, I watched football. Last, I had one last point because I had three points. Go ahead. Last thing, if I need one drive to win a game, I'm taking Rodgers all the time. Okay. Just saying. That's fair. I'll like, take a different name. But... I'll say Brady, I could say Brady is clutch, but if I need one drive, I'm always taking Rodgers. Just, I just wanted to throw that out. And I, you know, that's one of those where I don't know if you'd be wrong with that. Rodgers is – look, I'm a Cowboys fan. I know. If you give <laughs> Rodgers about 20 seconds to pull off something – He's a bad man. man. He's a bad man. Okay, I hate Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Going back to the Falcons game in particular. Real quick, real quick, and then we'll finish up. I know, real, real fast. Uh, Tom Brady doesn't turn it on in the second half. There's no chance the Patriots win that game. He put throws on the money the One entire minute. second half. And yes, Edelman Except had that, interception through his hands. But yeah. Edelman had that great catch, undeniable, spectacular catch. catch, spectacular catch. He shouldn't have even been in the position where he's having to catch it a second time off the ground. I think people right. forget that that catch went right through a defender's hands, which should have been the game-ending pick. First interception. Tight window. Tight window. Tom Brady's the GOAT. By the way, it's one game. You bring up the Falcons game. It's one game. That he came back down from 28-3, AJ. One game. It's the greatest, right. the greatest comeback in NFL history. Period. Put him in a 28-3 hole. Well, bigger than Frank Wright down 34-3 to the Houston Oilers? <laughs> Who did Wright play for? The Bills. <laughs> it was it a Super Bowl? Was it a bigger deficit? Was it a Super Bowl? Was it a playoff game? Was it a Super Bowl? <laughs> it wasn't it's a Super Bowl. Okay, it's fine. It's the biggest sporting event of the year. Tom Brady, by the way, did not play bad to put them in a twenty-eight three hole. The Falcons played great to go up 28-3. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, Tom Brady didn't play he played, bad. He didn't play great. I'm not saying he played great the whole game, but it's not like he was ha- like through four interceptions in the first half. I think he had no. one pick. He, he's, he stood up. He's, uh, he picked it up, but then it sh- the game should have been ended with, a, with an interception to end the game. But anyways, yeah, let's go on. And then Tom, and then Tom Brady went down the field and scored another touchdown, and they won the game. <laughs> We're going to have to have Josh on another time. This is, this is part one of, of many. He might be joined by some friends next time. Uh, we won't even say their names yet, but 
Who knows? We might no, have we'll, a, a bigger please, Zoom call the please, next time we're, please, we're all together. Uh, that would be, be a lot of fun. Uh, in closing and wrapping up, I do want to – I mentioned I was going to touch on on my top five for a second because um, Josh wanted to, to rag on me a little bit and Caleb backed him up on it. And thinking a little bit more about it, uh, Dante Hall wouldn't be – in in my top five it, it's it's, it's easy to kind of like put <laughs> put five names in and kind of like place them and stuff Caleb and I do do this every week Dante Hall but yeah go ahead we do this every week you've made your point Josh I understand we do this every week and so it's like it's hard like come up like you're racking your brain and stuff like that so I want to throw a different name in there um someone who is phenomenal who is great um someone who uh, in the history of football, I think is um, already, meaning they're still playing, already on pace to uh, oh. be the greatest of all time. Uh, I don't know if they will be the greatest of all time, but they are already a top five player of all time. And that is Patrick Mahomes. Now you can claim that I have bias towards the Chiefs. <laughs> you can claim that, that it's just because he's my quarterback, um, but that is not the case. That is simply because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes single-handedly has the two greatest seasons to start a career in NFL history. His, rook, his first season under center, his first season under center, and Caleb has officially left the building, his first season under center, 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. First season under center. And we are a pre-snap penalty away from the Super Bowl where we probably would have beaten the Rams in one of the worst Super Bowls of all time. That's one Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes should have already had before last year. Uh, who won the, the regular year. season meeting between those two teams? The next year, what? Who won the regular season meeting between the Chiefs and the Rams? Between the Chiefs and the Rams, the Rams won by three points. It was fifty-four oh, okay. to fifty-one. Going. Yeah, fifty-four but to it's fifty-one. A, it's a no-brainer that the Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl. Go ahead. In LA, in a shootout in the middle of the season. So thank you very much. That's a shootout not, with the, the best shootout season. offense in the NFL, and they lost. Hmm. That that was in the middle of the regular season, not towards the end of the regular season. Continuing. The next year, this past season, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, and we have to have a backup quarterback come in to, to play for him. The, the really next well. time he comes back, he only threw 25 touchdowns because he was hurt. He only threw six interceptions. He still had a 25 to 6 touchdown to interception ratio. By the way, won the Super Bowl in a Super Bowl where, guess what? It wasn't even his best game, and he still played a heck of a fourth quarter Should've to win the Super Bowl for us. Other he should not have been the MVP. I, I will claim that. Caleb and I already talked about that last week. Damian he should not have been the Super Bowl MVP. Damian Williams should have been, yeah. been the Super Bowl MVP. I agree with that. But Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl for us. Damian Williams running the ball well. But Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter won the Super Bowl for us. Two of the greatest seasons to, to start a career. Two of the best seasons to start a career in the history of football. And so that just like that, itself, he's better than – so just that like that, by itself, hold on, hold on. That by itself stands alone. On top of that, on top of that, he has one of the most freakishly athletic arms you will ever see. This man in pregame warmups, flat-footed, throws it 70 yards, flat-footed. From the 30-yard line to the, to the goal line, flat-footed. Caleb, he's right up there with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers probably still has an edge in terms of talent, uh, above him but Patrick Mahomes in two seasons already has that he already has that he's throwing no look passes already who does that this man is talented beyond compare you can claim me for my bias you can claim just because I'm a Chiefs fan I would I will say this if Patrick Mahomes played for anybody else this is why I believe Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time if Patrick Mahomes played for anybody else not just my team I would be saying the exact same thing right now no you wouldn't no you wouldn't number five player of all time no you wouldn't 
If he Bro. played with anybody else, you would not be saying that. Okay. Also, I just want to point out something. You said – I mean, I claim that Peyton Manning was a, was a number five player of all time, and he played for the Broncos, who I hate. So One of the uh, – he also played for the Colts for most of his career. That's a, he won a Super Bowl Mahomes, with the Broncos, though, Mahomes which means would they not, beat the living snot out of us. One Mahomes of the, would not have won the Super Bowl on a different team. He would not have the numbers he'd have. No, that's true. No, I'm talking about the, the two regular seasons, though. He We're not talking about benefited post-game. from a great coach. Nobody can deny that. Andy yep. Reid is all-time I think he'd, he'd be the same player if he was on a different team. Uh, not none. the same numbers. Absolutely not the same numbers. Not, I'm not dude, talking about numbers. Dude, I'm talking about I'm talent. Just gonna, I just want to throw this out. Test. I just want to throw this out there. Uh, there's another guy that won a Super Bowl in his first two seasons as a starting quarterback, and his name is uh, Tom Brady. That's right. Thank you. Good night. Oh, really? And Tom Brady was just as talented as Patrick Mahomes two seasons. Uh, I don't think – Tom Brady was just as agile as Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady, Tom, Tom Brady, Tom, Tom Brady threw for fifty touchdowns and five thousand yards in his first two years. Well, it was, it was a while ago. It's a different different NFL. But hey, how do how can you already put how can you put Mahomes over Jerry Rice? How is Jerry Rice not on your list? And Mahomes is every every NFL receiving record goes to Jerry Rice. Every, he's an honorable mention. He's he's top ten. He's not top five. Top. AJ with a big homer pick. Big uh, homer. I know. I know we're about to finish. I just want to say one more thing, two more things. One, thank you guys for having me on the podcast. It will not be the last time, for sure. It will not be the last time. Last, I hope that we get to do it again because chopping up sports with you guys is a blast. Um, And I have one more thing. And I was debating all night if I was going to say it or not. Oh, he's just going to leave us with some bomb right now. I'm going to. This team right here. They're going to win the Cowboys. Super Bowl, just like every other year. Dak Prescott, the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback in the NFL. One. Two. This team right here, 13-3, Super Bowl champs coming at you this season. Come on, baby. How about them Cowboys? How about them? You like that, Packers fan, don't you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh we're cutting it there, guys. We're cutting it there. <laughs> guys, that, that is Josh Holcomb for you in a nutshell. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. Get that How about the out Cowboys? Get out of here. Get it out. The oh. Cowboys are going to be a great team. They are nowhere close going to be that team this year. Could they go to the Super Bowl? Absolutely, but we'll talk, about, we it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. This will not be the last time Josh is on the podcast. We want to thank you guys for, for joining our first special guest segment. We have some YouTube content dropping this next week. Uh, so be looking out for that. I am reacting to the Dodgers and Cardinals 2014 game that was the first edition of that was live. Uh, so I'll be reacting to, those, to that game live. Caleb will be out of town, um, so he won't be able to join me. But um, stay tuned for that for some other YouTube content coming. Uh, make sure to give Josh some love in the comments. Uh, we appreciate him coming on. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more special guests on uh, in the future. Uh, but until next time, I'm Caldwell. I'm Caleb. And we'll talk to you guys later. God bless. Mm-hmm.